This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show today, Unnecessary Roughness. We'll go three hours long, three hours strong the next couple days. Vinny Bonsignor is in West Palm Beach at the owner's meeting, so kind of going ahead and doing an extra hour of uh, radio each and every day. Of course, we'll check in with Vinny to get the uh, updates of what's going on there. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. And, Vinny, I got to know, man, are you actually at the owner's meeting or are you on West Palm Beach with a nice little beverage in your hand and a, and a, a nice umbrella in that drink? <laughs> in a little bit. There's actually, uh, on Monday, the uh, the tradition is uh, there's a big party which starts in about 10 minutes, uh, and this year it will be by the water uh, nice. here at the Breakers Hotel in Palm Beach. So uh, not a bad setting, but a lot of work got done today uh, in addition to that. In fact, the owners are still um, meeting or just breaking up right now um, as they go through you know everything that they go through. Um, got a chance to talk to Josh McDaniels today, uh, and also uh, General Manager Dave Ziegler, uh, Nice business with both of them. Uh, so a lot going on, and uh, the Raiders are still very much active, still tinkering with this roster, still very much uh, building uh, that roster. So as it looks today, uh, don't um, you know? Uh, don't don't take a take a picture of it uh, and and frame it because it's going to look a lot different uh, over this next month or so. You know, Vinny, you put out a tweet earlier talking about the, the Raiders in the draft, and just because they traded for Devontae Adams and they don't have a first or a second round pick doesn't mean that they won't by the time the draft comes around. Uh, can you expand on that? What are your thoughts and what are you possibly hearing? Yeah, well, you know, uh, this isn't just the owners that are here. These are the general managers and the coaches and staff members are here, and there's a lot of talk going on right now, a lot of conversations going on right now, and one of them is, you know, uh, pertaining to the Raiders potentially moving up in the draft to try to uh, get back into the second round or maybe the first. The first seems a little bit dubious right. uh, or ambitious, uh, but the second round, you know, if you start talking about maybe moving some players and some uh, draft picks maybe next year, uh, it might be doable if there's a player that they really feel like they have to have uh, in that draft to help immediately. So, um, you know, they're not ruling anything out right now. Not to say that it's going to happen, but these are conversations that are that are ongoing, and it shows that they are uh, at least intrigued by the idea of, of maybe getting back into that second round. Well, when you put out that tweet, all of a sudden a firestorm took over Raider Nation. A lot of folks think that the the all-world tight end, Darren Waller, could possibly be on the move. For me, Vinny, and I know anything's possible. We've been around the league long enough. We know anything's possible, but... Darren Waller just fits Josh McDaniels' offense so well. I just can't see that happening. But again, I've been surprised before. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't. I, I that that surprised me. The reaction. Um, right. I don't think that that's anything that the Raiders are thinking about. I mean, they're already, you know, uh, envisioning an offense with Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Josh Jacobs and Brian Edwards and so on and so forth. Uh, they really like where this offensive skill set position uh, is, and to, to even take a—I mean, they—they they went out and get Devontae Adams, right? Basically, to pair him alongside uh, an, another great weapon in the NFL and Darren Waller, and create a sort of a two-headed monster. So, no, I don't think that that's—I'd uh, be shocked 
Let's put it that way. Uh, and, and like you said, never say never in the NFL, but that see, that would seem a little bit uh, out there. Right. No, I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor, uh, obviously from Raider Nation Radio 920 and the Review Journal. He's out at the owner's meeting in West Palm Beach. He's going to be chilling on the beach with a little Mai Tai in his hand in a little while, but he's given us a few minutes of his time, and we definitely appreciate that. As far as Derek Carr goes, his Birthday is today. He's 31. Didn't get the contract extension yet. I heard Josh McDaniels allude to it in that great large amount of audio that you guys sent over. That was fantastic. And it just sounds like that they're just kind of working behind the scenes on trying to get this contract extension done. It may take a little bit longer. I think Deshaun Watson's deal for $230 million guaranteed has a little bit to do with it as well. It might have changed the market a little bit. But to me, it's just a formality. This is something that's going to get done. How are you feeling about the situation? I do, and I think that they will find that sweet spot or common ground um, that Josh McDaniels talked about, but they're just not there yet. And, right. um, you know, and I think that, you know, you, if you look at it from, you know, Derek Carr's uh, perspective, you know, I think that, um, you know, what he is seeking, and he understands that, you know, he can't get top, top dollar. I don't think he even uh, anticipates anything like that, and he wants to leave room or as much room as possible for, uh, good teams to be built around him. Um, and so I think that he's already thinking along those lines. The, the question is, you know, uh, the, the Patriots' way, uh, if you look at how things were handled with the quarterback there, with Tom Brady, he, he annually uh, took big discounts in order for the Patriots to be able to build around him. And if you look at the numbers um, when he was there, it was pretty significant, um, you know, how much less he took. Now, there were reasons why he could uh, do that. He had great endorsements uh, off the field. His wife was one of the renowned models in the world and making a lot of money. So I think that he was in a good position to be able to do that. But I mean, that's the blueprint that Dave Ziegler, uh, you know, uh, is, is used to and, and Josh Matt McDaniels is used to. So you wonder how much they are um, expecting Derek Carr to maybe take even a little bit less than, than maybe Derek Carr uh, anticipated. So when you start talking about the sweet spot and finding it and where it fits for, for everybody, I think that's exactly what they're talking about. And, and right now, as of right now, they haven't found it yet. And until that happens, you know, there's a potential for things to prolong um, or escalate. I don't think it's going to get to that point. And, you know, people that I've talked to I feel like it won't, but, you know, until they can find that sweet spot, anything is possible. Right, anything is possible in the NFL. And uh, Michael Giannitti, Spotrack.com, put out this tweet just a few minutes ago. Derek Carr currently projects to a four-year, $150 million extension in our system, $115 million of which would be practically guaranteed. This would make him the seventh highest average paid quarterback with the seventh most guarantees. Is that contract number, just an estimation from Spotrack, would that be something that you think is reasonable for Carr? Was it one fifteen or one fifty? One fifty was the extension. One fifteen was just about all guaranteed. Yeah, um, I've heard that uh, they'd be they'd be okay with going to a fourth year. Uh, that seems a little bit pricey. Uh, I'm not sure that this, that's where the Raiders want to go with it. Okay. Um, so where he projects, uh, you, you know, if you look at where he projects, it's somewhere along those lines. But what what I've what I've heard is uh, adding two years to the contract to really make what he has and roll it into this year, make it a three-year, $100 million contract. Okay. That averages out to about $33 million per year, um, 60 to $65 million guaranteed. And if you look at that $33 million uh, number, it kind of puts him right in between. Um, it's, it's, uh, if you're looking at who he would, you know, in, in annual average salary, 
that's right behind Jared Goff and right ahead of Carson Wentz. And when you, I mean, to me, he's a better quarterback than those two. Right. Uh, but that puts him at tenth in the league. And if you look at his skill set, where he is as a quarterback, tenth in the league in terms of um, you know, annual average salary is not a bad place for Derek Carr to be. Um, and so that's kind of more what, what, what sort of the numbers that, I, that I'm hearing. Uh, but it can go anywhere, and, and, and if the Raiders wanted to, to, to make it another year, a fourth year, and, and raise the money to, to you know, fit that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. But $150 million uh, seems like a lot of money, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Vinny, we keep talking about the guarantees or where he's going to bring on the annual like list, list for quarterback pay. But when should the deal be signed? Because we keep talking, hey, that sweet spot, Josh McDaniels, he's got to do what's right for him. But eventually camp's going to start. So how long can they hold out before a deal just needs to be signed so he can play and suit up for this team? Well, um, I don't think, you know, here's the thing. I don't think it's going to get ugly. So um, what you're basically referring to is if it didn't get signed before training camp, would he hold out? Uh, I don't think that it'll get to that point. Um, and there's no, you know, deals like this can happen during training camp, um, before training camp, you know, during the regular season. It seems dubious to me that uh, that they would let it linger that far because the last thing that this team needs right now, with everything in place and a legitimate possibility of a, of making a Super Bowl run, and I got to tell you guys, talking to people in the NFL uh, here in, in Palm Beach, there there's a lot of uh, excitement and intrigue uh, for the Raiders. There's a pretty much league wide uh, feeling that this is going to be a really good team. Why would you mess any of that up by having any kind of a quarterback? contract squabble hanging over your head going into, into training camp and and i think that for that reason something will get done and it's good but it's going to take both sides you know making some concessions and i think that Derek Carr is going to have to figure out you know uh, what he's willing to play for and it might not be as much as he initially thought or hoped um and that's a decision that he's going to ultimately have to make on whether or not you know that's okay with him and i, I still believe just talking to people that I talk to, that, that something will eventually get figured out, and they'll figure out that common ground. When that actually happens, though, um, right now, as anybody's guess, it's negotiating time. Right. So, and there's plenty of time. There's no game on Sunday. There's no practice until you know the middle of April is when when the team is going to be able to get together. Uh, so there's no like real urgency right now. Um, but pretty soon, as you said, Demond, that, that that clock is ticking, and and time flies. So you don't want to be sitting here talking about this very same thing in late July as they get ready for, for training camp. Uh, I think that would be a mistake if it did. Vinny, you mentioned late July. Uh, I keep thinking that uh, what the Raiders could end up doing with their post-June 1st money is, is go towards that Derek Carr contract extension where they're estimated to have about $20 million in cap space. Do you think that that could be when that deal, that sweet spot is found? It could be. Um, it, it, it definitely could be. Uh, but, but I think – I think more than anything right now is, you know, the Raiders have a, a pretty good idea of, of what the value is and, and what they're comfortable with and uh, where they, they, they want their quarterback number to be in order to, to also build around that quarterback. Um, I don't necessarily think it has to do much, you know, uh, with, with, uh, with that money coming off the books. That could be set aside for other things. In fact, there's ways to structure a contract so that Derek's number goes down this year. You know, you can, right. you can wrap it up in a signing bonus and take the uh, average annual salary this year down uh, and create even more cap uh, space in the, in the process. So I'm not sure that plays into it that much, uh, but it could. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and 
you know, we don't really know uh, the, the the exact details of, the, of this negotiation. But what I do know is they haven't figured out um, a, a value that that either side is 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 comfortable with moving forward. Uh, and I think it's more probably on, on Derek's part than uh, than the teams. Yeah, Vinny. Earlier, Josh McDaniels, I'm going to do a bad job paraphrasing here, but when he was talking about Alex Leatherwood, he said he was brought in to play one position, but he ended up playing another. But we're going to let him fight for a chance to prove he can be the right tackle, essentially is what he was saying. So how long is that leash going to be for Alex Leatherwood, do you think, to prove that he can be the right tackle for this team? Yeah, um, it's a good question, and, and they have, you know, as Josh McDaniel said, and we talked to him again about it uh, later on in the afternoon, um, you know, the, the, a lot's going to happen between now and training camp, and a lot of uh, assessing is going to be happening, moving around. Guys are going to be playing multiple positions. He doesn't like one-trick ponies uh, among his offensive linemen, so you're going to see in OTAs and minicamp, you're going to see guys cross-training across the board. It's just something that he really stands for, so I don't think that we're really going to get that answer um, you know, until until training camp on what his real position is going to be and where he's going to compete for playing time. But what I do know is this: I don't think Josh McDaniels or Dave Ziegler has any sort of a problem with the best man is going to win the job, right. and everybody on that offensive line is going to have to compete for their place and compete for their niche, and that includes Alex Leatherwood. Uh, the bottom line is the five best players are going to play, and a lot of that's going to be decided. Uh, in terms of at least where they line up during you know OTAs and, and minicamp by the time they get to training camp, kind of settling on where everybody sits best. And then after that, it's the best man's going to play. And whether that's Alex Leatherwood at guard or tackle or coming off the bench, um, and Jermaine Illuminar and Brandon Parker and you know Denzel Good uh, manning some of those spots uh, is, is really up for grabs right now. So I don't think that they're going to put, put themselves uh, in any kind of a cement type of a, type of a place. They're going to let these guys actually, you know, basically determine uh, who's going to play and where everyone's going to play, and I think that's the best way to handle it. Talking right now with Vinny Bonsignor here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. He's at the owners' meetings in West Palm Beach, Florida. Of course, we're here in sunny Las Vegas. A little windy, but it's sunny Las Vegas. We're having a good time. Vinny, I wanted to ask you this. So you mentioned Jermaine Illuminor, and that's a guy that's intriguing to me. Obviously, he was with the Raiders last year, but he also was with the Patriots, so he has ties to the team. He knows what the offensive line coach wants to do. Uh, how much of an X factor do you think he could potentially be? Yeah, he and uh, Denzel Good, uh, Q, um, yeah. because there's position um, flexibility for both of those players. Um, I mean, when you really think about it, even Alex, too, now, uh, all three of those guys have played tackle and guard, and that's kind of what they're uh, what they're looking for and striving for because, as they mentioned, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the game. We saw that last year. I mean, the plan was for Denzel Good and Richie Incognito to be the starting veteran guards, and that went out the window the first half of the first game. So you never know, and you have to plan accordingly for it. But I think that his familiarity, um, you know, uh, with Josh and, and the offensive line coach and the and, the, and you know uh, Mick Lombardi, the new offensive uh, coordinator, I think that's going to help him for sure. He obviously knows the offense and has some knowledge of that, and he has that positional flexibility. So whether it's at guard or maybe even tackle, he's going to get an opportunity. I think that's the refreshing thing right now. Um, talking to Josh and talking to Dave is that. Everybody has a clean slate, and that goes right on down to Cleese Farrell. Whatever he makes of it, he makes of it. But there's not going to be any sort of prejudgment coming in on any of these guys. They have a clean slate to either recreate themselves, reaffirm themselves, change the narrative, whatever the case might be, uh, nudge somebody aside and, and get playing time. 
And I don't think that they are going to pay one iota of attention to who's making what money, where you were drafted, where you came, whether you're on the team last year or showed up this year, whether you didn't play much last year or a starter. I don't think any of that's going to go into the equation. It's literally going to be how do you perform starting in April uh, when they get together for OTAs and then moving on to training camp and then beyond. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. That offensive line, I think that's going to be where I'm really going to be uh, focusing on when uh, training camp is going on in Henderson at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I just want to see how that's really going to shape up. And, Vinny, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about Max Crosby. I I mentioned earlier today that I feel like the Raiders now have a guy, and I didn't realize this, and maybe that's my fault. I think that they have a guy that is – recognized across the league by many players to the point where they want to play with them. Like Chandler Jones mentioned earlier uh, in his introductory press conference where he said, I get to play with Max Crosby. Like he is that recognized at this point, and he is one of those ambassadors of the Raiders. That's why the new regime wanted to get him under contract and extended as quickly as they did. Um, am I too far off on that scenario? Do you, are more people talking about Max Crosby than maybe even we locally realized? Yeah, I think I, I think so, and it goes back to something that Cooper Cup actually said uh, during the Super Bowl, and um, somebody had paid him a great compliment, and I asked him about it, um, it and, he, and he's like, you know, uh, the thing is, I respect the game, and when you respect the game, the game respects you, and I think Max Crosby, without a doubt, respects the game. Josh McDaniels was talking today about he's the first one in every single day uh, at the building. He's like, I'm not going to say he's the hardest worker in the league, but there's very few players that he could think of that won't work any harder. So everybody respects that. This is, this is talent understands talent. And I think that what you're seeing is a guy that has respected the game and earned everything that he's gotten, uh, whether it's, you know, the, the accolades on the field, the performance that he's been able to turn in, the money that he's gotten, but also the recognition from his peers. And when you got guys like Chandler Jones, uh, and really, last year, Unique and Gogway pointing you out, singling you out as somebody that you want to play with, uh, that's mad respect right there. And uh, the great thing is, Max has earned every bit of it, but there's no doubt that people are recognizing it, and he's kind of become a magnet for people that want to come here and be part of it and be part of it with him. Right, exactly. That's what I was saying earlier today. I just found it really intriguing. And, you know, like I said, shame on me for not recognizing it immediately. But uh, I think that the Raiders really got something cooking with Max Crosby. And he's really, in my opinion, kind of the face of the organization right now. I know Derek Carr is the quarterback, but I think that Max Crosby is really the face of the Raiders right here in Las Vegas. And it's great to have that. You know, the best yep. teams have multiple faces, of, you know, whether it's the offensive standout. And you're, guess what? Devontae Adams is going to be part of that equation right. uh, as well, as will Chandler Jones, Derek Hart. Like, there's Darren Waller. Um, and, and that's how you win. You win by having the most play, the, the, the best players and, and the most best players. And that's what the Raiders are going about doing as they build this roster. Uh, and, and if you want to have multiple faces, hey, man, that's how you win championships is by having a bunch of good dudes that can play the game uh, at various levels of the, whether it's the offense or, or, or defense. Uh, so the fact that they are putting together that kind of a roster where you can go, wow, him, 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 him. Any of these guys can get it done. Any of these guys can change the game. And you got at least four or five guys that can literally change the course of a game at any given time. That's a lot of firepower to have, and it's on both sides of the ball. Uh, so it's, 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 it's boding well for the Raiders in their future. 
All right, Vinny, suspend your journalistic integrity ah. for one question for me. The show question that we had was based off of the slap heard around the world with Will Smith and Chris Rock, and it was Raiders-specific, someone that played against the Raiders, but maybe you, just uh, some player out there <laughs> that maybe just grinded your gears. If you could go Will Smith on one player across any sport, who would it be? Oh, man. Um, it would probably have to be somebody on the Boston Celtics. Danny Ainge. Danny Ooh, Ainge. Good yeah. one. Good one. Danny Ainge. Great. That's a great one. Danny Ainge. He's, he's a couple it. of slaps. <laughs> yes. Yes, no doubt. Any any real uh, – yeah, hey, any, guys, any any Laker fan would say that, right? Man. Do you guys remember when Robert Ory was on the uh, Phoenix Suns and he threw that towel at, uh, at, at, at Danny Ainge, his coach? He ended up getting him traded to the Lakers after that, but – like every Laker fan and every Laker, you talk to James Worthy. He's like, I was watching that on TV, going, "Yes!" Right. You know, like celebrating the fact that that Robert Ory threw a towel at his head coach, and the head coach happened to be Danny Ainge. So, yes, he deserves multiple slaps, figuratively hey. speaking, of course. Right, of course, of course, no doubt about it. Great stuff. Well, uh, Vinny, thank you so much for your time, man. I appreciate you. Go enjoy that nice mixer out there on the beach, and uh, we'll check in with you at the same time tomorrow, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, 1,000%. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for doing the show, you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Vinny. Great stuff. Great stuff. Appreciate you. There's Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's out there in West Palm Beach, so we're kind of uh, collaborating on the show today, just trying to make it do what it do. 421 is the time. Damon, you want to take a couple quick calls real quick, and then, or what do you want to do? You let me know, or you want to take a break? All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll do that real quick, and we'll come back with some feedback from you. 702-365-9200, and also the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio. Earlier this morning, Rod Woodson was on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker. Here's a little bit of that interview. What was your gut reaction a couple of weeks ago when the Raiders pulled off that trade to acquire Devontae Adams? <laughs> I was like, what the heck? I thought I was dreaming. I was like, what in the world is going on? I mean, it's like, you know, the, you know, when I played, it wasn't a lot of trades. And now there are trades all over the place. And to have that bombshell trade, getting Devontae Adams, which if he's not the best receiver in the National Football League, he is the top two receivers in the National Football League, you know, arguably. So, and, you know, and reuniting him with, his teammate from Fresno and Derek. Um, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, he is a tremendous player. And you just take those two together, you know, that's going to bring a lot of excitement to the Vegas world, right? Especially the Raiders nation. But then their defense is what I'm trying to figure out. Like, you know, like you, you get Chandler Jones, mm-hmm. you got some players, you get Nichols. Right, the big D tackle, and when you go to a three-four from a four-three, you need big guys inside. So I, I, I think they're doing everything right. I think Josh McDaniels learned from his first time around of being a head coach. I think, uh, you know, he's going to bring the pride and smiles back to all the Raider fans across the the globe, and and the silver and black to start getting back to their winning ways. Rod, this is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated, and and I want to talk to you about the draft coming up, but I got one question for you that's not draft-related. The first time I interviewed you, I walked away from that and told people that you were a humble superstar. 
You never thought you were bigger than the game. You were versatile. You were coachable. Everything that you want in a player was Rod Woodson. And the the new Raider way is there's not a lot of Rod Woodsons, but they want the guys that have position flexibility and are coachable. You were one of the greatest ever to be that way. So my question to you is talk about that new mindset, if you would, and what goes into a player because to be flexible and coachable is rare. What's the mindset of that player, sir? Um, well, first, you know, thank you for saying I'm, you made me sound a little bit better than I, maybe I, than I was. But, um, you know, I, I think being a, you know, for me, I just never took the – because at the end of the day, it's a game, right? It's a football game. And, you know, I never took myself too seriously because my father was like that in his lifetime. Um, you know, I, I think if you want to be great at something, you do have to be pliable and adaptable as a coach, as a player, because everything is not going to go your way on that giving day if you only have one way to do things. And you're going to have to be adaptable. Um, and you've got to be able to be half full so you can continue to learn. Um, and because if, if you're already full, you can't learn anything. You can't be at the, your best each and every day. And that's what's required of you as, as a pro. I mean, excellence is, a, is what really we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence, therefore, is a habit, not an act. So the things that we do over and over and over well become a part of us. But if we do things over and over over and over, and they're bad, that becomes a part of us. Um, so the question would always be, what I always was asked myself was, what do I want to be? Do I want to be a jerk, <laughs> but be a good player? Or do I want to be a great human being and still be a good player? Um, and I thought being a, a good person doesn't cost any money. Uh, being an adapt adaptable player doesn't cost any money. Uh, it just takes time to learn the game. And that's really what it, it takes from players. So I think, you know, if you go to look at New England, uh, a lot of those players will never be in the Hall of Fame, but they're great players because they are adaptable. They can, be, they can play multiple positions. Um, they learn the game. They understand the game. The game is not a complicated game. Uh, we make it complicated sometimes as coaches. Um, but it's, it's a simple game. And if you can teach the guys in a simple capacity of how to play at a high level, then they can win a lot of football games. And I think that's what Josh is going to bring here to Vegas. It's the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson here with us on Raider Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate. He's here with the NFL Draft Experience right around the corner, just a little over 30 days away. April 28th through the 30th, fans are required to register for NFL One Pass online at nfl.com slash one pass for all the information and all the up-to-date stuff that's going to be happening on that wild, wild three days here in Las Vegas. You know, in the last time we had you on Raider Nation Radio, uh, Rod, you talked about John Abram and, 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 and what Honda was saying about mindset. You mentioned that you saw great potential in a guy like John Abram when you used a phrase that... And Tony Dungy was saying when you got there to Pittsburgh, there's a big difference from a crazed dog to a trained dog. How do you feel that a guy like John Abram may have improved his mindset and the kind of year he had in 2021? He played so much better. And I, but I think the coaching staff used him better, too, though. You know, Ron Miles was the DB coach who now was over in Indy. You know, they, they kept him more closer to the line of scrimmage. That's where he plays his best football. Um, and I, I think that's what... Coaches have to learn who their players are um, and see what they do well and try to put them in that position to make plays on a consistent, on a consistent basis. So I, I like 
um, you know, everything that he did this past year. I thought he grew tremendously as a player. I thought he was so much more mature on the football field uh, than the, his, his previous year. Um, so I, I expect a lot of great things from him because I think the, the sky's the limit with him. He's a great leader. He has that – he does have that dog in him, but it's not as crazed anymore. It's not like Cujo crazy, right, where the foaming at the mouth. Now he's controlled. And what we always say in the locker room is that you can't get emotionally hijacked by your energy inside the locker room. You know, you got to be able to hone that in and still be able to use all that energy to the positive to help you win. Um, so I think he's going to be that type of guy. And I, I think Josh learned a lot um, from his first time around as being a coach. Oh, okay. And I think he'll bring that to the Raiders this time around. We're talking to Hall of Famer, one of the greatest defensive backs to ever play football, Rod Woodson, right now on Raider Nation Radio. And, Rod, I want to go back because watching you and the way you interact with fans, again, I referenced the first time I interviewed you when you asked me just for a second because a kid had come up and wanted an autograph, and you treated him like he was your own son. Now you're part of this with, with the NFL, the the strip's closing down for three days. It's completely free. I mentioned earlier in the show I have a friend who's a teacher with three kids, and now he takes his kids every year to the draft experience because great players like you are hanging around. The kids get to meet players. It's completely free. I think this is one of the crown jewels of what the NFL has done to sell their game. How excited are you to be part of it, and how excited do you think fans should be in Vegas for this amazing event? Listen, the Vegas does everything big, right, already. The NFL does everything big. It's a great marriage. It really, really is. You know, for so many years when I played, when I first came in, it was a taboo where NFL can't be in Vegas. And now it's, it's not frowned upon anymore. It's, it's celebrated. And having the Pro Bowl here this past February, now we're going to have the draft here. In a couple of years, we have the Super Bowl here. It's going to be great things to come. Um, but, you know, what I love about the draft itself and what the NFL does when it comes into the draft and to cities is that it's all about the fans. And you talked about the NFL One Pass. So you can either go to the NFL.com backslash One Pass, register for all the events, because all the events are free, or you can download the app if you have a smart device. So you can do one of those. Now, if you have none of those, if you don't have a smart device and you can't get on the computer, they still have teammates. That's what they call them down there at, at the sites, at, at all the facilities, or, at the events that they're going to have down, down there in, on the Las Vegas Boulevard. Then you'll still be able to get into the events, right? Be it if they have room for some of Some of them are going to close out because some of the concerts are first come, first served. Um, but you know, like the, the interactive football theme park, yeah. like that's going to be great. You get to run a 40 against Tyreek Hill and you think you're faster than Tyreek Hill <laughs> until you're running against Tyreek Hill. <laughs> so, I mean, doing stuff like that, it just, most other sports don't do it. Uh, they're going to have different things of that nature. They're going to have food, beverages. They're going to have obviously merchandise. Uh, you get to take pictures with the Lombardi trophies that the Raiders have won. That is, to me, is awesome because you don't get to see the Lombardi trophy too often. And if you 
If you've ever been around the Lombardi Trophy when it's around Super Bowl week, you can't even get by it. I mean, you can't even get close to it, right? So those things are hard to, to come by. You can take pictures with it. You know, they got concerts, pictures, uh, pictures uh, that you can take with different items. They got uh, autograph signings with players going to be that's going to come out in a couple weeks. You know, they do it big talking about the NFL, but so does Vegas. So I, I think it's a great marriage. It's just going to be really, really fun to walk down there and see all the different people um, walking on the street for a couple of days. And I know the locals are going to be mad because the street's going to be blocked off a little bit. But, man, don't be mad. Just get out of your car, get, in, get on your some good, comfortable shoes, walk down and meet all the, the people who are visiting your city and your locals who are coming out and experiencing the NFL draft. Oh, the the locals are happy, Rod, because not only is everyone back to work, uh, they finally get something really to be proud of here in the city. And and just lastly, Rod, what do you think it is for Raider Nation to go and have an NFL draft experience like this now in their home city of Las Vegas, where now they can go and just go and hang out. It's free to the public, but they can also be proud of how now Las Vegas has kind of turned the fortunes on this organization, and they now have something that really rivals every other team in the league. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark Davis is is really, really happy. That's why you always see him smiling. Have, do you ever <laughs> see Mark that really mad? He's never really mad, right? He, I mean, Mark, is, he has done a tremendous job for himself. He, he, the Raiders have the best, maybe the best, like, stadium mm-hmm. in the National Football League. I, I know they got the best indoor stadium by far in the National Football League, but arguably the best stadium in the National Football League and you, you think about, you know, all the stuff that, that has happened. That they got in two years, we get a, they get, they, the Super Bowl comes here. Right. And, and hopefully somewhere along the line that it, it goes extremely well and it just becomes one of the five or six states that a Super Bowl gets to come to every so many years. Um, I, I think that has changed the mindset of everybody. I think the NFL has changed. I think fans have changed about what, casinos and gambling and all that stuff and sports together, how they do work together in the right, uh, in the right circumstances. So it's fun. I, I think it's going to be awesome. It's great to see that the Pro Bowl was here this past, you know, February. So, and then in a couple weeks, or excuse me, in a couple years, we'll get the Super Bowl. But in, in a couple weeks, we get to see some of these new up-and-coming faces here in uh, in Las Vegas, and maybe you never know, might be a Hall of Famer in one of, one of those guys who are walking the streets that getting ready to get drafted. And that was the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson on the morning tailgate this morning. We'll be right back on Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team, and that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family, except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Madden. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Big ups to Clay Baker and Hondo Carpenter. We talked to the Hall of Famer Rod Woodson earlier this morning on the morning tailgate. 
7 to 10 a.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. This is Unnecessary Roughness, but a fantastic interview with Rod Woodson preparing for the NFL draft coming up at the end of April right here in Las Vegas. Big ups to my man, Damon, for holding it down. We've been having a lot of fun on today's show. Three hours long, three hours strong. It's almost in the books. It goes by. It doesn't matter how long the show is. It goes by quick, fast, and hurry every single time. We'll be doing this the next couple days, 2 to 5 p.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio 920 while Vinny Bonsignor is in West Palm Beach at the owners' meetings, and there's a lot going on there right now also been having a lot of fun with this whole will smith and chris rock situation i promise you it's not going to be something i talk about tomorrow i'm totally done with it after today i was actually done with it last night but decided that we'd have some fun with it this afternoon here on the show so in the spirit of of that uh that little slap heard across the the world whatever the case may be between will and chris rock uh alan in vegas tweeted at us one person that he'd like to slap the mess out of like will smith did chris rock how about former official Gene Steratore. That was the index card guy. And you know what, Alan? That is probably the best one of all. Gene Steratore ran me so hot when he had that index card. I mean, that it doesn't matter if you're a fan of the team or not. The smug look that he had on his face when he looked up at Jack Del Rio and almost to say, like, you know that you're probably right, but you know I'm about to do you. You know I'm about to do you dirty here, right? Like, he gave him that look. Like, oh, yeah, I got you. You're not going to like this. Like, that look on his face, I'm surprised that someone didn't really get in his grill. And, look, he's an official, so you have to be very careful. He was an official. you got to be very careful with that. Can't get in their face too much and argue. But, man, that look he had on his face when he looked up with that stupid index card in between the ball and the damn uh, first down marker, And I still don't even know what the hell he really was ruling, and I don't think he does either. And so every time, to Alan's point, every time I hear him on anything, on any broadcast, basketball or football, I immediately flash back. It's like I got PTSD or something, you know, and I know that's nothing to play around with, but I'm like shell-shocked. I'm still shell-shocked when I hear his voice. It's like, that's just ridiculous. That, That is top of the list for me. When it comes to yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, Alan. Gene Steratour, he he takes it from me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even. I know why you laughing at me. <laughs> no, it's just because you know it's always officials don't determine the game until they do. <laughs> Man, that I'll tell you. And look, the Raiders had so many opportunities to win that game against the Cowboys at the Coliseum. I get it. That was the game that Derek Carr stretched out at the goal line and the ball went out of bounds and it was a touchback. Look, there were so many things that they did wrong in that game, but what Gene Steratore did in that game unforgivable. was unforgivable, no doubt about it. That was – oh, that ran me hot, man. I get, I'm getting hot just thinking about it right now. I'm about to, I'm about to act like Petey Pablo and take my shirt off here at the house and, and wave it above my head like a helicopter, man. I'm about to really go in and talk about North Carolina. You know what I mean? Like, I'm about to do Hold that. Hold on, Q. And you know how earlier we were like, everything's pro wrestling, right? Yeah. Guess who's got a stadium tour coming up with Kevin Hart this summer? Oh, boy. Chris Rock, Kevin Hart going on tour. Chris Rock needed some new material. He was like, my life isn't exciting. What can I get? I need some jokes out of here. Will, I'm going to make a joke. You come up and slap me. That's another $20 million right there. Well, you know what? And I, I'm glad you said that because, again, going back to my theory of it was staged, I mean, when he said the joke and then Will laughed until he didn't, and then he went on stage, Chris Rock said, uh-oh, and he said, he said, Mr. Richard. I mean, at first he, he called him like Richard, like King Richard, and then all of a sudden he didn't. So 
I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still, like I said, I'm on the fence with if that thing was real or not. I think it was staged just for the fact it was the Oscars. Nobody was talking about the Oscars at all. And it's funny, I was doing ESPN Radio last night, so it was national. I wanted to say that. I wanted to say nobody gives a rip about the Oscars, but since it was on uh, ESPN, uh, ABC, it was on ABC, right? And that, that Disney umbrella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that wouldn't really do too well for the paycheck. So that's why I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity to, to dog the mess out of the Oscars, even though I know there's a lot of people that do watch them, but I'm just not one of them. But it got me talking. It got everyone talking. Hell, we're still talking about the Oscars today. When's the last time that happened in the history of the Oscars, that we were talking about it the next day? Not too often. Yeah, and on top of that, of on top of that, that's I didn't know that that was Will Smith's first Oscar he won. I didn't know that. Yeah, man, come on. It's hard to get those. Only Den- Denzel only has one. Well, I get it. I get it. But I'm just saying it's all how convenient it all comes together. The very the night he gets his first Oscar is the night he gets his first slap. And then he goes up there and he <laughs> starts crying. Slap. Yeah, and then he starts crying. And look, I can't take anything that an actor does. I can't – it's like I tell people this all the time. People always ask me, like, oh, I can tell that you, you know, you're being truthful or something because the way you say it. And I was like, well, look, this is what I, do. I talk for a living. So, I mean, really, I should be able to BS you and make you think that I'm being serious. You know what I mean? Like, that's a given trait of ours because that's what we do. We talk for a living. I, I should be very convincing. And actors who are good should be very convincing. So just because Will goes up there and starts crying and boo That's how you know it wasn't an act. No, it's not because they do that anyway. They cry on contact. They have that in their DNA. That's what they do. So when he's up there, I want to apologize to my nominees. I also want to apologize to the Academy. And I've been led to be a... Uh, 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 a guy who protects my family. Come on, man. You weren't protecting your family when every rapper in America was talking about or hanging out with Jada. But you they weren't... didn't say it when he was sitting right there. They might as well, Ben. He was at the red table with uh, glossy eyes and all jacked up. I mean, come on, man. He said he was tired, okay? He was tired. Tired of getting worked. <laughs> tired of getting worked. Hey, we got to call it. All right, man. Let's get to the call. I don't want. I, I got to get off my soapbox. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who's up next? Lewis. Lewis. What's up, brother? Hello, Q. Hello, Demona. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Somebody, er, somebody earlier took one of mine and said Mike Shanahan as yeah. a Bay as a Bay Area Raider fan. I'm gonna say my the other guy, which is his son, Kyle Shanahan. Mm. Because I'll never forget. I will never forget. After the Niners humiliated the Raiders in 2018 at Levi's, he was basically asked in the press conference about the quote-unquote eternal bragging rights, and he basically said, "You know, I grew up a Niners fan. I also grew up a Raiders hater. You know, growing up in the AFC West and having history with them with my, you know, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm happy to win and I'm happy for our fans." The reporter basically said, following up on that. How, what's your take on the Niners about to become the Bay Area's only NFL franchise? And he had the audacity to say, well, I, I kind of always felt that, you know, it's been that way too. You know, it's, you know, the guy goes, hmm. And he goes like, no, not like that. You know, we've been here the longest and we've never left. Basically saying that he doesn't look at the Raiders as an NFL franchise. Right, right. Not, I when I heard those words, I was pissed. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to let you, I'm like, I'm going I'm to let you gloat on this. You You've earned that. We didn't show up this game, but it made it easy as a Bay Area Raider fan to root for the Chiefs in that Super Bowl. Right. 
Right. I got you. I got you. Good stuff. Hey, man, good stuff. Thank you for that. And, yeah, uh, any one of the uh, the Shanahan's, man, you could, you could definitely make a case that that would be one that you definitely want to uh, go ahead and get the Will Smith on and uh, slap with the five fingers fa- say to the face, slap. You know what I mean? Like that, I can, I can see that, no doubt about it. And, uh, yeah, but Mike Shanahan, man, I, I remember I was, I was kind of hot when – and I hey look I get it man time time heals all that's what they say right um, when when the rumors were out there about uh, Mike Shanahan possibly you know trying to make a return to the sidelines for the silver and black I was a hundred percent against it and I'm glad it didn't turn out that way Jack Del Rio up, been? Uh, that was before Jack Del Rio got hired uh, there was there was conversation about that and so I I was um, I was very much in the in the ballpark of no don't do that that's a bad idea I don't like that at all and many. Many Raider fans I know felt the exact same way. So uh, I was okay with the fact that Jack Del Rio, who grew up in Castro Valley uh, in the Hayward area, he, uh, he he got that job. And, of course, it didn't work out perfectly for oh, him. But for but- Mike Shanahan, was this his PR team putting this out? you telling me that after he stunk up the join Washington, there were talks of maybe he could coach the Raiders? Uh, I think it was just kind of um, like investigative reporting, not investigative reporting, just kind of like, Mm, due diligence being done oh. by the organization and you know and that was I mean hey that's their right to do that but I know just from a fan's point of view it wasn't one of the best optics it wasn't one of those like yeah let's go do that you know and so uh, I was glad when he did not get the job I, again I don't even know if he was really in the running for it uh, realistically but of course the conversation was out there so uh, yeah good good stuff my man uh I do appreciate that, Lewis. Thanks for hitting us up and calling us. Uh, let's see. I got a couple text messages I wanted to get to real quick. 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, Vinny nailed it on Danny Ainge. As a Laker fan, I'd love to give him the five-finger slap with both hands. This non-Raider player needs the big slap to the mouth right now. John Elway, his face makes me sick to my stomach and would love to vomit. Just keep it real. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. He went all the way in. He he said Elway made him sick. Hey, that's but that's real though. As a Raider fan, you know damn well that you always were upset when John Elway was uh was on the field because you knew that he had the opportunity to make them come back at any given moment in the game. So thank you so much for all the feedback that we got on the on the uh, the Salmon Ash text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Thank you to all the guests that we had to today on the show. Really good guests, of course. Uh, heard a lot from Josh McDaniels at the owners' meetings. We'll hear more tomorrow. We'll also have uh, Brandon Cristal back on the show to talk about the owners' meeting. We'll have John McClain and more. Please believe that. That'll come up on Tuesday's edition, 2 to 5 p.m., Unnecessary Roughness, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. DeMond, great job from the home studios. And Raider Nation, have a good evening.